All right, guys, we have a very special announcement. It's official. The Bases Loaded Pod is joining the Roto Baller Radio Podcast Network. A little bit about Roto Baller. Since 2013, Roto Baller has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy addicts their fix of player news and cutting edge fantasy analysis. If you didn't know, Roto Baller's 2020 MLB draft kit is already live. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools, including printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points, head-to-head, dynasty, roto, AL only, NL only, you name it, they've got it. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools. These draft tools include printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points leagues, head-to-head, roto, dynasty, AL or NL only, you name it, they've got it. They also offer rankings and projections from the number one most accurate industry expert, Nick Mariano. Not to mention access to their exclusive rankings wizard. Like I said, there's 15. Those are just three. So there's so much more to check out. For a limited time, get your MLB premium pass for 50% off. But wait, it does actually get better. Right now, you can get an additional 10% off if you use promo code BASESLOADED. Just visit rotoballer.com slash BASESLOADED to sign up for your premium pass today so you can dominate your leagues tomorrow. Is loaded and one out. Oh, oh my Central. God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slash. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. And tonight, I am joined by George. His I'm just, about to, I'm just about to mess up your Twitter handle. You can follow him on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino. George, what's up, my man? What's up, dude? Just excited to be here. We're almost done with our TGFBI draft. Finally, we're in the final round. <laughs> we were just talking about it for about half an hour before we got on because we're both kind of like, I guess I'm going to do this. But how? I, I, my thing is I screwed up my draft midway through, apparently, because I was like a top-ranked guy for, for a while. I was doing really well. And then, like – we don't have sound effects, so I make my own. Like it was just straight, <laughs> straight down the tank. But this is episode eighty-six, and we're just gonna talk about shortstop as a whole. The idea is to kind of go through the rankings a little bit, discuss who's gone up for us, who's gone down. You know, the whole risers, followers, a few sleepers at the end, and we will see what happens in between. Before we get to that, though, if anybody feels you know they would like to help us out a little bit, drop a five-star rating and review. It really does go a long way. We're creeping up on a hundred reviews or a hundred. Uh, 100 ratings i apologize and we just try to make it happen so we appreciate any and all that we get what else should we plug anything else because people probably won't get to the content oh base load network exactly yeah the site man we've been working hard on that i haven't slept (laughs) i swear i haven't slept like three days um it wouldn't be possible without all of our guys i really should get better at tweeting but so this pod this podcast well this podcast is awesome but this website has been absolutely amazing. We're still working through some growing pains, but it wouldn't be what it is without Tyler Boudreaux. He's our digital slash web specialist. He's been working really closely with me. He's been great. And if you need any type of work like that, you can catch him on Twitter at Exodus or sorry, Eudoxus Group. I I don't know if I'm saying it right. Probably not. It's E U D O X U S Group. 
all one word. You can find him there on Twitter if you need anything as far as IT and web design of sorts because he's been nothing short of fantastic for us. I told him, I, I told I, I thank him every day because he has to deal with me. And if anybody who knows <laughs> me has to deal with me on a daily basis, I can get I could be a little a little much at times. So I I've been dealing with you for a year, man. I, I mean, yeah. I'm used to it, but somebody brand new because you know I, this this head this mind is running a million miles per hour. <laughs> so like, yeah, I'm, I'm literally like I'll wake up at eight in the morning, seven thirty morning, text the guy, hey, these are I have all this uh, this is what's on the agenda for the day, and it's like a paragraph long. And it's just because it's like I'm always in full go mode, and eventually I'm gonna hit a wall. But until then, maybe I'll hit it and just keep going. Maybe I'll climb it, you know. <laughs> Anyways, I guess we can get to the content because that's what people want. Um, shortstop, it's just so ridiculously deep. Like, what do you? What, what do we? What's there to say about it? It's just it's actually really hard to find. Um, not find value. There's value everywhere, but to find like people that really move in the rankings because. This is one of the few positions that I feel like hasn't really been hurt by injury. This is one of the few positions that's been deep the whole offseason and nothing's really changed. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can kind of just run through it similar to what we did for uh, for third base. Uh, I guess yeah. starting right at the top there. That's what I'm looking at. I'm like, but Story or Lindor, it's really a 1A, 1B, whichever one you prefer. We both have Turner 3, Bregman 4, Tatis 5. Yeah. <laughs> like Bogarts and by So – both other than the other than the story and Lindor's flip flop, which I have story ahead of Lindor, you have Lindor ahead of story. Don't feel the need to really get into that. It's really a preference, and their ADP would suggest as much. It is the one thing I will add though is I do prefer like I would probably prefer story in Roto and Lindor in head to head, just because of the home road splits for the Rockies and you know including story, and it's just like it like we're just like splitting hairs here. Like, because they're just that close for me. Uh, So, like, I'm probably more likely to take Lindor in head-to-head just because, like, he'll hit, like, 285 anywhere. Whereas Story, he'll he'll have those home road splits. Are you concerned at all? We both have Trey Turner at three. Are you concerned at all about the health? Obviously, he looked good. Last year was a fluke pinky, broken pinky on a bun attempt. But it's, I don't know. I'm not too concerned about his health. I should be but I'm not. Do you, do you have any reservations? No, no. Just like you said, it was a fluke, you know, just he got hit in the pinky uh, trying to put down a bunt and I, I'm not going to ding him for that. <laughs> ding him. He got ding. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I felt, I, Dude, I don't even try to do that. And it just happens. You're dead. It's, it's natural. It but is. I guess the only thing with Turner you need to watch out for, be mindful of same thing with Tati, same thing with, Mondesi, which guys we'll get to later, VR even. These speedsters tend to be more prone to injury in general. Groins, hamstrings, calves, anything that is, um, you know, running, that involves running because they have these, they tend to get these soft tissue injuries in general because of just their skill set. So it's it's something to be mindful of with these speedsters. But overall, again, they all pretty much have the same risk as far as injury goes if they are a run first type of player. Actually, yeah, that's true. I am curious though. Maybe when Robles, if Robles shows to be healthy, comes back to the lineup, Turner's gonna probably hit third. That might really, not really hurt his stolen base output, but it's definitely not gonna help it. That's something yeah, to consider right. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's something. Uh, Turner did steal. What was it like? Nearly forty bases in like three quarters of a season. 
So I'm just, I mean, even if he's hitting third, I think he's still got that 40, you know, stolen base um, upside. Yeah, so it's 35 steals in 122 games. I mean, I, I wouldn't be too worried about it. I'm not saying the upside's not there. I'm more concerned about the actual production because leading off compared to hitting third, you go from being in a run-producing role to a, to a role. You're technically both – you're in a run-producing role both ends, but one is like literally you're getting runs. The other one is you're driving in the runs. Yeah. So it's just a matter of – and, of course, every time, every place you move down in the lineup, it's um, – I forget how many at-bats, but it's, you know, it's usually it's less at-bats as, as well, so there's less plate appearances and less opportunities for McGill on base. Just getting technical here, trying to find things to possibly pick out, pick out about him because I know there are a lot of things to be mindful of when it comes to him. But I, I like you said, I'm I personally have no real issue with him there, and I'm talking about somebody I probably don't need to talk about nearly as much because, yeah, yeah. The one thing I will find, uh, say that I find intriguing about uh, number four here that we have uh, with Bregman is that he did come into camp 20 pounds lighter in an effort to improve his mobility. So you kind of wonder if maybe that leads to a a few more steals again. Uh, You know, he he used to be someone who can steal, you know, a dozen bases. Uh, Maybe he gets back to that. Does it hurt his, um, his power output? Yes. Does it hurt his power output? Because, he was already a guy that kind of depended on pulling the ball a ton anyway. And I know that bat the ball skill, it didn't just go away, but I'm wondering if it turns, you know, some of that puts that some of that power behind him. I mean, granted, it's hard to tell what type of ball we're going to have as well this year. Mm -hmm. I've heard mixed results. I mentioned before on this podcast, I'll mention again, I spoke to Pollock at first pitch and he spoke to some pitcher. He spoke to or heard of, pitchers discussing how the ball as of right now so it feels like the 2018 ball so it's like which ball are we getting are these just extra from 2018 are the 2019 juicy ones sitting sitting ready to be thrown day one who the heck knows it's really aggravating with that said tangent back in going full circle <laughs> going full circle back to Bregman I just don't know what to expect as far as power up it goes after you say you know after losing weight it's not usually a good thing for power for a power guy for power especially from a guy who doesn't have that natural big pop. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to lie. That did cross my mind too. Uh, you kind of expected a, a dip in that power anyways. I don't think uh, anyone should really be going into the season thinking that he could put up 41 home runs again. Uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe that ceiling is now, you know, 31, 32, you know, so who knows? I mean, I'm not sure fine. how it'll affect them. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's totally fine. I just, you're looking at a guy who, in the minors even, you look back, he's never really – I mean, sample sizes are really small. He was never really a big power guy in the minors. He did flash it on occasion. I guess in A he flashed in 2016. But, I don't know, I'm just looking at just – I think – and then the 31 in 2018 might be back to – like you just mentioned that number. That might be more realistic than what to expect. Again, not a bad amount. But it's almost like Chris Bryant. Chris – you know what I mean? You're always – like ever since like, he had that one year – that everyone's still chasing. Bryant could have had that 41 home run output could have been that one year. Everyone expects him to be able to do again. And maybe it's just not there. So we'll see. I mean, again, home runs can be generated. He has great hand-eye coordination. He's a great hitter and barrel. And we all know about barreling the ball. If he's, if he's getting quality of contact over, over the quantity of contact, Oh, he makes a ton of contact as well, but you know, that quality of contact matters. If he's barreling the ball up at a high rate, then losing the weight won't really matter all that much. 
Yeah, so he's someone, uh, Bregman, that we saw in uh, in TGFBI going at a big range of, of picks, you know, from anywhere from the first round to the middle of the second. Um, given everything that's going on right now, like, what's the earliest you'd feel comfortable taking him? Um, I've mentioned some weird skepticism on my end. I'm willing to take him at the back end, uh, early second. I mean, I'd be okay with that. I see that's where he typically goes. Mm-hmm. I've seen him slip to the mid second. I'd take him there too. I don't, it depends on. I, I have yet to fall into a position where I'm getting him because either a, at the back end, I'm usually get like I'll take Arenado over him still, and I'll take Jose Ramirez over him. So I usually get one of those guys at the back end of a first, especially in a 15 teamer. In a 12 teamer, there's no chance I'm taking Bregman in the first round just because I value like 15 guys ahead of him. So he might fall to the late second in a 12-teamer, and that might be a great value. I think that's probably a great value. He shouldn't be falling that far, but he is. And a lot of that just has to do with speed. But I right. Think, remember, I think I mentioned it, the whole p- possible possibility for being hit by balls, getting hurt by one of those balls, or getting into fights, and then there are suspensions that follow. I just think that, that although it's a weird – thing you can't ex- exactly put numbers on or put the uh, chances of it happening on it's still i feel like there's outside potential for that and that's just one of those weird random things i i kind of bake into my thought process with them yeah yeah so i had the opportunity to take them at 20 in our tgfbi league and like you said because it's like 15 it's 15 teams um i was torn between him and freddie freeman ultimately i thought you know I have a first baseman here who, you know, at it, it's like one of the more shallow positions now. That was really, you know, why I took uh, Freeman, what led me to take Freeman. Because I figured, well, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to take first baseman. Uh, uh, I mean, sorry, third baseman. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess right around there for me is where I'm looking at him. But just for that purpose, because of the positional scarcity of first base, I, I went ahead and took Freeman. And I get it. I, I wouldn't. I personally wouldn't have done that, but I can understand it. It's really not crazy to me. Some people are probably listening, like, "What the hell are you thinking, George?" I'm like, "Oh, I mean, this is it's also the same guy who spells his name wrong." So, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, going to the, like the next guy, we both have Tatis at five. Mm-hmm. You, I, you know, I had Bobby on the show the other day, Bobby Sylvester from Fantasy Pros, and he's very anti uh, Tatis. You and I obviously are willing to take the chance on him at, um, by ranking him fifth, but I don't know. I don't mind him. I think I think there's just so much ceiling there. It's hard to ignore it. What do you think of Tatis? Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you. You know, top end sprint speed, uh, his exit velocity, uh, you know, especially on line drives and fly balls is right up there. 95.8 mile per hour uh, exit velocity on line drives and fly balls. I mean, he's got all the tools, all the tools to be an absolutely special player, you know. So, I mean, I'm I'm fine with him. I'm not sure if I would take him. Um, like, I'd be comfortable taking him in in the second round, like at the top of the second. You'd take him over Freeman? I, w- I would think I would take him over Freeman, yeah. I was just asking. <laughs> just <laughs> figure, figure, you already talked about Bregman over Freeman. But that's funny. So, wait, 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 wait. You would take Tatis over Freeman, but not Bregman, and you have Bregman ranked above Tatis. It's just because of the speed. You have Bregman ranked above Tatis, though. Oh, wait. At least you do here on this sheet. 
Right, right. Okay, so I mean, yeah, it, it, that just comes down to. Um, I, see, I see you fixing it, anonymous dolphin. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that's kind of comes into where what I was saying the other day, as far as like how you want to start your draft, um, it's a and team like team construction kind of thing. Like because I have Bregman ranked uh, because I think you know he's pro- he's a better player right now. I mean, I guess I, I guess given that logic, I should put Tatis ahead of Bregman. I'm just more or less giving you a hard time because I rank it that way too. But yeah. depending on the league, depending on who I get in the first round, it's who I – and sometimes I, sometimes in like 15-teamers you have to reach for speed. Tatis ends up being the guy you reach on, which I'd rather not do that if I can. But right. It is what it is. Uh, six, we both have Baez, kind of a known commodity. Seven, you and I are both aggressive on Bo Bichette. Oh, you know, that's Baez. Holy crap, I'm all over the place. Yeah, so we have Bogarts at six. Yes, we skipped Bogarts. Bogarts at six, the most underappreciated man at this position. Talk about high floor. He is like the Freddie Freeman of shortstops. Without yeah. The, without the home run totals. But literally, yeah. the safest. You know what? You know what a good comp for him, seriously? Without the price tag is Anthony Rendon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's – especially in points leagues. I mean, Bogarts is is, you know – up there in points leads absolutely because i mean you know you're gonna get like a a really good batting average um the power i'm not sure Uh, you think he's can hit 30 home runs again i do i buy in i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty in on and if he doesn't it's gonna be like it'll be like a high it'll be like a 28 which yeah i know it's nothing sexy but now you're talking again rendon wasn't the power hitter he was last year either so it's just like getting that comp is really real to me. They both play a really, really deep position. They both are coming off like career seasons. One stayed in where the one stayed where the, they were at. The other one moved to, to, and got a big payday. So I'm, I'm more. I just don't understand why we're getting such a discount on Bogarts in comparison to Rendon when they are essentially the same player. Yeah. So that's my that's my thing about like that's why I think Bogarts is significantly underrated. And I'm okay with it because I'll take him in the third round all day if, if that's how it falls. Moving on from Bogarts, we, we both have Baez at seven. Not really much. I don't want to harp on this one too much. He is who he is. I have no real concerns about him. His speed is kind of tapered off the last couple of years, but he did deal with the injury last year. Not really much to add to that. Uh, Bichette, I have at eight. You have at ten, at least in these last rankings. I realize I'm really aggressive on him because I think they're, you know he's going to be leading off or batting second in that lineup. And I think the power speed is there, especially the speed aspect of things. And just an exciting player. What do you think about Bo Bichette this year? Yeah, uh, I've been coming more around on uh, on Bichette lately. I mean, I guess the only concerns with him is is perhaps, uh, you know, the concussion issues he was dealing with at the end of last season. But, I mean, other than that, yeah, you're looking at, like, 2020. I, I wish he would have ran a little more in his time up. But... He he didn't have a problem running in the minors, so you'd think that, you know, maybe this year uh, he, he turns that on a bit and, and you're looking at, like, maybe 2020 guy with a good, you know, 280, 270 average uh, this year with upside for a little bit more. So, yeah, I mean, I do have – who do I have? I have uh, Glaber Torres and Carlos Correa uh, just ahead of him, but this is all kind of a, a tier for me where, I mean, it, it kind of depends on on your roster construction at this point because i mean torres i know he takes a lot of a lot of heat right now it's like where do you have him at at nine 
yeah. uh, because of the production he had like against uh, Baltimore. Uh, Base again. Right. Yeah. But I mean, hey, he's he gets to play. He's still he's still going to play those Orioles and he's still going to play half of his games there at Yankee Stadium. So and the uh, best part, I mean, if you want to call it the best part, he um, gets to bat third right now with all those injuries. It looks like third or fourth, you know, I've been you know, I follow the lineups pretty much daily and it looks like it's, it's going to be a top three, assuming the Stanton and Judge remain out into opening day. Looks like it's gonna be a DJ LeMahieu leading off, Gardner who won't just he just he's like a cockroach he just won't go away like he just like he keeps like invading this lineup somehow and he's batting second and then you have uh, Gleyber Torres in the three hole and that might that might stick all year because you know you could have had Judge at two and Stanton at four with Gleyber at three so we'll see that I mean maybe I'm a little too down on him or have been too down on him I'm not gonna own at this point I'm I'm just I'm done like I'm I'm it's too late for me I'm not gonna own any shares of him. But maybe I've been a little too harsh on him because even though the metrics don't indicate he should have been the power hitter he was, I still don't think he's going to repeat what he did. I do think maybe he's in for a better year than I've anticipated because you're, you're like you just you can't look at the Statcast data and think oh this is who he is. He still is uh, getting into his prime as far as like growing and his uh as far as far as you know just maturing so yeah exactly and he's probably similar to Bregman in that like he's just going to take advantage of of the park um it's probably someone who's going to over you know overproduce what Statcast says he should um so yeah yeah, I mean I'm not gonna I'm probably not gonna have any tours either just because of where he's going and you typically like to get uh, like some speed from your your uh shortstop position so like you know 30 if you're looking at 30 35 home runs and like a 270 average like i can get that from first base like i can get that from josh bell uh like it you know much I later that. i can get that from manny machado who's lower in the ranks and lower in adp <laughs> like right yeah yeah it's a good point so it's like so we can move on from torres carlos Correa. you have an eight i have at nine same idea again that same tier he would be higher for me but there's two things holding him back one is the continuous health issues I got my first share of Korea and Raz Slam, so we'll see how that works out. But I mean, you're health, you're you know, you're you're an in, you're injury prone until you're not injury prone anymore. You're healthy until you're not healthy anymore. That's how it works. He's proven to have consistent issues staying healthy, and I wonder how his ribs are going to hold up getting hit by pitches all year because he couldn't even take a massage last year. So we'll see what happens there, but. Yeah, that's all I got on him. Like, he's just, oh, and he's probably going to hit in the bottom half of that lineup because it's so loaded with talent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I actually – I have Correa here at nine. Um, I don't really have much more to say to add to that. You're pretty much spot on. I think I'm going to move VR up ahead of him, actually. But I'll let you speak on what you think of VR before I get into it. Yeah, so I have him here at 11 – uh another one of those guys that i mean if you want to reach for speed um you know around pick you know probably between picks 40 50 uh i mean i don't know how how much different is he from is he going to be from like victor robles um yeah i mean he uh, vr is someone i'm I'm just i'm not going to have any shares of here i don't think i am either but he has been following uh, following he's been falling a little bit in drafts of late not a ton but enough to where when i see him come like when i come up and like 
the fourth round he's there i'm like you know what i could see it i usually go a different route because by then i've already addressed enough speed i don't need to take him but i can understand it and this is 15 teamer so what in, in the 12 teamer you might see him in the early fifth round these days late fourth and i can under, again i can understand it it's not for me but I, he's i mean he's pretty much locked in to lead off at miami so it, i mean how much that look through those balls won't leave the park that puts him on base more for steal more maybe and the, the team's going to have to manufacture runs because it's not a good team. So I think there's a lot – I think stolen bases are going to be there. So that's – I think that's my biggest reasoning why I've kind of like – I'm okay with where he's going now. But that's because he was going like in the second round in these – like like back in like November, back when we started drafting because we were degenerates. Yeah. He was going like second round, early third, and I was like, nope. Now he's going like fourth-ish, fifth-ish. I'm like, yep, I can understand that. Yeah, do you have any concern about him possibly, like, getting traded at some point? Of course he's getting traded. Of course he's going to get traded, and of course it's going to screw you. But the 20 steals he banks you in the first half is pretty valuable. And if you play in a league – see, it depends on the type of league. If you're playing the shallower format, it's easier to get by. If it's a deeper league with um, fab, you got to be careful. And if it's a no-roster moves type of league, you really have to be mindful of that because you might lose a guy in the second half, and that's really tough to replace. Literally, yeah. you have to replace off what you got, and you might not have planned for it, but, uh, planned for it right. So it's all about team construction. It's all about roster construction and your league type. Manny Machado, yeah, yeah. We have here. We have Manny Machado here at uh, at twelve. We've spoken about him a lot on this podcast. Um, Machado, he hits way better with runners in scoring position. He's come out and said, I think was it you on the podcast that mentioned what he said on third base preview about the whole not focusing on a contract thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He said he swallows as hell. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote. So he swallows hell, and he gets to hit. And my big thing was always how much better he hit with runners in scoring position. And the Padres put him in a better lineup by hopefully having Tatis back healthy and Fam hitting second. So that's that's going to lead that's going to lead to a lot of players on base for him, and hopefully you'll you'll see him reap the rewards. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's I I think. I think he's in for a good bounce back year, especially second year uh, coming off the contract, you know, probably doesn't need to press as much. I mean, other than strikeouts, really his entire profile, everything looks exactly the same as, as, uh, you know, his career. So yeah, I think Machado is a pretty good value. And he has the multi-position eligibility. Um, Let's move this along a little bit. We're going to run over an hour probably. (laughs) Because <laughs> we started off like over an hour ago just talking. Um, sorry. Oh, we have um, you know this guy, you know this guy, Alberto Mondesi. Spoke about him on the last podcast a little bit with Bobby as well. I just I will be wrong on him every year. That plate discipline is atrocious, and I know yeah. I know plate discipline isn't what uh, it doesn't drive all fantasy leagues because OBP leagues are separate, the batting average leagues, whatever. But I don't want anything to do with him. And talk about a guy who can't stay healthy. This, between the soft tissue injuries, you know, he dealt with a groin, I believe, last year. The shoulder this year, he should be back for opening day for the last time I read something about him. But I don't, I don't want to risk it at all. Like, and, and then Matheny's there, and I don't know if Matheny's really going to hold him back. But we'll see. Just You see all this, and now you have to pay. You have to pay. Oh, by the way, he cost a third-round pick. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on the Mondesi because Mondesi is such a hot topic and you're either in or you're out on him. He's one of those guys, it's either you're getting him or you're not. Right. Yeah, no, I won't be getting him. I'm right there <laughs> with you. <laughs> what do you think about Marcus Simeon, though? 
Uh, I, I like Marcus Simeon. I, I, I'm a big uh, Marcus Simeon fan. I've been been a big fan for a long time. I have him at 15. Um, I'm at he's someone who, I mean, he's just been getting better year after year. And it just all came together last year. He had, what, it was like 280, uh, like 30 and 10. I mean, that was super valuable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I like Marcus Simeon. I do like a couple of guys ahead of him. I have uh, – so I have Tim Anderson. Uh, yeah, I have. So I just have Tim Anderson ahead of him uh, between Mondesi and Simeon. Speed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he was the AL batting champ, so you can, you know you gotta gotta believe in that batting average, right? Although he yeah. was, he actually did show growth in his plate discipline metrics as far as like I believe it was either it was the chase rate no the contact rates went up across the board. For both of them, yeah, for both of them. For both Simeon and Anderson, they've showed year after year progression in their ability to make contact, and that's been huge. So Anderson hitting on top of that White Sox lineup, I mean, he went, you know, nearly 2020 in limited time last year. I think he's pretty – you could pretty much take 2020 to the bank uh, and then a good average. I mean, I know that the the BABIP was was pretty insane. I mean, he's not going to hit, you know – 330 or whatever it was but I mean he's been making progress every year and I think uh he's I mean I I, I'm in on Anderson absolutely and his price is pretty good you're getting him you know what the 80s or the 90s or so in drafts sometimes even in the hundreds I've seen him fall so I'm I like him I'm you're not gonna you know twist my arm on him I've yet to get any semi shares I feel like there's always somebody in the room a little higher on him than I am I'm not against him, and he's another guy that's actually looks like he's going to lead off. Like everyone thinks, Loriano was like going to lead off or hit second. Every lineup I've seen where they're all in, like all the starters are in, it's been like Semyon, Chapman, Olsen, Canna, and then Loriano slots into the five or six hole. I think Loriano should be batting first or second, but right now it looks like Loriano's the odd man out from batting in the top four of that lineup, and that hurts Loriano's value. But that I mean that just solidifies Semyon as a leadoff guy and those double-digit steals could return, but you just got to make sure you realize the RBIs might not be there. Right. So, uh, I mean, another reason why I have Anderson ahead of Simeon here is just because, I mean, Simeon's uh, steal conversion rate has been going down year after year. Uh, He was 12 for 13 in 2017. Um, He was 14 for 20 in 2018. And then, uh, 10 for 18 last year. So he did get caught eight times with uh, 10 stolen bases last year. So, I mean, that's just one of those things uh, that, you know, how much more is he going to run going forward, uh, approaching, uh, entering his age 30 season. So, I mean, that was one, that was one reason why I had uh, Anderson ahead of him. One guy on this list or the next guy on this list I'm going to talk about is Corey Seager. And I, I'm indifferent on him. I don't mind. I the, I think there's value to be had where he's going. He's going to hit in the middle of that lineup, or probably close, probably like fifth or so in that lineup, which is still solid because that Dodgers lineup is ridiculous. And Seager's just a guy that's like a post, 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 post hype guy at this point. But this is the first time you can get him without paying the price. And I know our buddy Matt Williams, who co-hosts you know Quality Start podcast, is a huge Seager guy. But you you like Seager as well, don't you? Dude, I love Seager. I absolutely love Seager this year. Um, Seager is gonna Seager's gonna put up. Seager's gonna be this year's Xander Bogarts. Mm. 
I think I yeah I there, I, I think he's gonna be. I mean, he was hurt in 2018. Came back last year, and the batted ball data. I mean, it showed you know it took him a while to get back. He, he uh, taking a look at his uh, average exit velocity on line drives and fly balls. It started off about 92 to begin the year. By September, it was up to almost 95, which is his career average. And I mean, he hit seven home runs. And so depending on what, you know, ball we're going to use this year, I mean, he's hit 26 in 2016, uh, 26 home runs in in 16, 22 home runs in 2017. I mean, if we're still looking at a live ball this year, I think 30 home runs is possible for for Seager. And he's in the best lineup, you know, in, in baseball. I would love to see him hitting second. I think they have him down for like what fifth or sixth right now. I mean, he's I mean, going to be in a position to drive in a ton of runs. I was going to say even fifth or sixth, he'll t- he'll still drive in a good amount. Yeah, but, but there's no way he's batting second with what they have. Like right now, it's bets, which I still almost like not almost forget, but it's like I, it's like still crazy to say bets. Bets on the Dodgers. You have bets, Muncie, Turner, Bellinger hitting in the top four in some way. And then you have, you can argue Pollock, Seager, Seager Pollock. And that's where those two kind of go. And then you have Will Smith kind of lingering around there. And of course, Gavin Lux, but he's probably going to throw the bottom. And now I'm just wasting time talking about the Dodgers. Like, I, how, why, I shouldn't know this much about another team's lineup, but I do. <laughs> I know about yeah, my mean, for now. He hit 308 uh, in his 2016 season, 295 in 2017. I just don't see a reason to believe that he won't get back to that you know last year was his first year back after coming uh returning from the elbow injury yeah i I, i'm buying in i'm buying into a full uh return for for Corey seager this and this the next guy on this list it's just an embarrassment of riches at this position because you have you have jorge polanco which spells his name just like you george and he pronounces it right (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> for those who don't know a lot of people don't know george here spells his name j-o-r-g-e so jorge. that that's that, that's typically pronounced jorge however his is pronounced george so his name is spelled wrong and that's why i keep giving him a hard time kind of, <laughs> some, kind of something that goes way back in the beginning before we had even 100 listeners so not that we're like big time a means but it's just one of those inside jokes that it's worth mentioning so you guys can keep along. And if you guys don't think it's funny, I apologize. But for us, it's always been fun. Anyway, yeah. at least, well, by us, I mean me. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> no one else cares to make fun of you or give you a hard time. Although Eric Cross, I got a chance to speak to him in First Pitch, Florida. And he was like, he still wasn't sure. Like, I told him, he's like, are you sure? I'm like, dude, yes, he misspells his name. I get it. But right. it's George. Like, and Eric Cross, for those who don't know, obviously writes for fan tracks. And so, so do George and I. So that's why we know each other, and it's kind of become a cool. I don't know. So I'm not the only. Yeah, one. I've had multiple people oh, DM yeah. me after, like, after like shouting me out or anywhere, like you know, mentioning me somewhere. I've had the multiple people DM me saying, like, uh, "How do you pronounce your name?" <laughs> Mostly for the last name, but then when you tell them it's George, like G E O R G E, they're like, "Oh, like Chris Towers did it." Chris Towers says that he was talking about you in a podcast and couldn't even get your name out, like. <laughs> it's all over the place man it's cool though hey you, you could be known as the guy with the wrong with misspelled name that's there's there's worse things to be known for but okay <laughs> back to jorge polanco that was a waste of two minutes um <laughs> i mean i think it was more entertaining than 
talking about Jorge Polanco. That's the thing. It's it is what it is. Solid, solid high floor batting in the top of the lineup. Next. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I have him at eighteen. Um, yeah, where do I, I think I, that's where I have him. That's yeah. Have him. I have seventeen. Sorry. I was looking at your little highlighter. <laughs> I'm at seventeen. So yeah, it's preference. But this whole t- like you get into this glob spore term there you get into this whole glob of like shortstops where it's like sure i have like five of them six of them here like whatever pick whichever one you want ahmed rosario and elvis andrews like i'd rather have andrews andrews has actually been leading off a lot this year in uh, spring training for what it's worth um yeah that's about that with that i mean he's not if he goes from hitting third to leading off maybe it'll keep his stolen base production up because i feel like every year even though it tapers off at one point or another he still finds a way to get you like 20 bags so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Andrews, I mean, um, I've been a fan of Andrews. I have him down at 19 just because, you know, he's getting up there in age a bit. I don't think he's going to hit, you know, even 15 home runs at, at this point. But yeah, I mean, he's pretty, aggr- he's aggressive on the Bates pass. He's shown that before. So um, yeah, if you need speed, this is a perfect place. I, I would probably, I wouldn't take him as, I don't know if I'd take him as my sh- starting shortstop. Uh, but like as a middle infielder, absolutely. Especially in a team construction where like I need that speed at this point. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Uh, I, I do like, um, I actually have Ahmed Rosario ahead of him. I was going to ask you what your thoughts were on Ahmed anyway. So you may, as you were, as you, you may proceed, sir. Yeah. So I have uh, Rosario at 17 and it's that 2020 potential there. I mean, he's another guy who's been making strides every season. He's just improved across the board with pretty much everything. Contact, hard hit, you know, plate discipline. It's all improved since he made his debut three years ago. Um, so, I mean, I, I love the only thing I don't like about Rosario is where he's going to be hitting in that lineup. So, I mean, he's probably going to hit like down in the bottom of the order. So, I mean, that that kind of stinks right there. But otherwise, I mean... I I think he's a 2020 guy and a good batting average as well. I'm not – I don't know if I can buy into that. I mean, I have him – I'm okay with taking him, but, again, there's always somebody that has way higher beliefs like you do. And that, that farm system is so loaded with middle infield and shortstop talent that I feel like every year his leash gets a little shorter. I might be a year early, but if he does not show that growth that people want to see, he's not going to – and he's still young, but – He's, I just don't see him lasting there too long. If, and I just don't know what to expect anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Well, I'm okay with him at his price. Yeah. Maybe 2020 is a little too aggressive, but I think maybe. I mean, it's, it's there. It's potential. But he's also going to be hanging at the bottom. Again, another guy who's going to be hanging at the bottom of the lineup, which is what's getting, as we get in later into the ranks, a lot of these shortstops start falling to the back end of the lineup. So there is a guy here. I need to move up, but we'll get to him shortly because we both have the same top 20. So after the top 20, kind of wanted to shut it down but then there's that one guy just sitting there right outside the top 20 that we actually have a pretty big difference of opinion on so uh we can finish off the top 20 though we have kevin newman and we have oh rosario yeah that was kind of awesome so if you look at the top 20 we have kevin newman what are your thoughts on kevin newman because i'll give you i'll give my thoughts of a weird concern i have afterwards yeah i mean newman I'm not really too sure you, you the team context you know kind of sucks um <laughs> is that a technical term or 
no 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 <laughs> role advanced analytics there uh, and then you you hear about you know cole tucker who was kind of you know a, a, an That's exciting me. prospect that came up last year it didn't really work out but can he come back and take over shortstop i mean i think maybe newman overperformed i mean I, 12 home runs in 130 games i don't see that happening again so yeah i mean newman's not so, he, he's someone that i'm not gonna have any shares of so I was initially very excited for him. I thought, you know, oh, he's going to come into the season. Ross Resource projects him leading off, which I believe they still do, last I looked. And then I've been watching those dang lineups again, and this is me overreacting. I, but you mentioned Cole Tucker, and I think it's maybe it's me that's mentioned him to you. Maybe it's me that I, – I know I've talked about him because every time the Pirates seem to trot out what's like majority of the starters in, in a game, it's Cole Tucker getting the reps at shortstop, not Newman. Newman gets his reps with the second team batting leadoff a lot. I'm not sure if they're just throwing him in with the second team to bat so he can bat leadoff and get more reps that way. I'm not exactly sure what to expect. But with that said, it is worth noting, and that's why I do. That's why they're called notable. I think it's called like some type. Oh no, it used to be called notable takeaways, but it's definitely something noteworthy because right now, if the if their lineups have any indication of anything, it it, it would be that Tucker is pressing for playing time at shortstop and might take the job. But again, spring training, it's hard to truly take these lineups with anything of uh, any type of seriousness, but still something I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. um, and so the reason I want to stop at the top 20 is because again, we're getting, and this is where I like to call the sleeper territory. So we're going to talk about a few of these guys here. All right. On that note, we're going to go ahead and take a brief break and we'll be right back with you after a word from our sponsors. And we're back. And one guy I'm just, I noticed we're both a little different on is Paul DeYoung. And I, I'm surprised you're, you're barely, he's barely a top 30 guy for you. And I don't know, maybe I'm too high on him. What, what's your reasoning for having DeYoung at 27? Yeah, I, I'm not a, a fan of, of Paul DeJong at, at all. Um, is it DeJong? I thought it was DeJong. I don't know. DeJong, DeJong, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't care. I, he's someone that, I mean. <laughs> I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't care, man. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't like his face. Um, wow. <laughs> no. You, you, I don't think you've listened to the most recent podcast with Mike, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of people hating people on this podcast of late. It's bad for the brand bad for the brand because like i'm like one of the nicest most jovial people on the air but if they knew how much i hated you off the air then they wouldn't like me no I'm kidding but in all seriousness it's like this podcast lately it's been filled with like i just hate people like oh my goodness. <laughs> no it's not that i don't i don't I hate know, him i dude. just he doesn't really do anything for me i mean he had that rookie season um where he hit 285 25 home runs and honestly like even that, like, it, it just seems like that wasn't legit. I mean, it came with a 345 BABIP last two seasons. He's been a sub 300 BABIP guy, 288 down to 259 last year. I just, I don't think he's a, I think that's what he is. He's going to be a sub 300 BABIP guy, especially with as many fly balls as he hits. So I don't think there's much room for anything more than maybe a 250 batting average he doesn't walk all that much. I think the walk rate has been creeping up a little bit year over year. Um, there's nothing that stands out as far as like his, his uh, stat cast data, his exit velocity, uh, the barrel rate, nothing really stands out. So, I mean, and then, you know, in, in that park as well, he did get 30 home runs last season, but 
he had 19. I honestly don't understand how he hit 30 home runs with a career low barrel rate. I guess, right? I guess when he did hit the ball, it went far because, like you mentioned, he put the ball in the air a lot. But I don't know. I'm not totally like, oh my God, you got to get him. But the dude stole nine bases last year, which really blew my mind when I saw that stat, by the way. Had no idea the guy ran that much at all. And when I saw the sprint speed was in the 67th percentile, that also completely it was like, what? Really? He's entering his age 26 season. Obviously, I'm not expecting 30 home runs um, this year by any means, but I do expect him to at least be like a 20, a 25, sorry, a 20 home run, 25 home run guy with maybe seven steals. And that's a little bit of a power speed potential, but obviously the batting average is a huge issue. And But the guy, I mean, if you want optimism, he's crushing it in spring right now. Batting 571 with three home runs and seven RBIs. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. Slugging percentage of 1, 000, 1 point, a slugging percentage of 1.286. OPS of 1.848. So. Um, how many plate appearances is that in? Uh, all, all of 16. <laughs> nice, nice. No, you know, you like you say, he did still nine bases, but he was caught five times. I mean, that rate's not exactly very good. And then it, it, it came out of nowhere. So really, like, he had one steal the year before, one steal in 2017. Uh, can you really expect, you know, maybe seven steals is, is even probably a little aggressive. I wouldn't count on anything more than maybe two or three. Well, you're just being a Debbie Downer. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm just, I'm just not in on DeJong at all. And that was me just putting up an argument for him. I, yeah, I'm, like I'm, I'd rather have Dansby Swanson. Yes, yeah, so uh, I was going to say, I need to move Swanson and Kingery above him. Yeah, I'd rather have Scott Kingery. Uh, that, and maybe Keeboom. Like, Keeboom's a guy I really like, but mm-hmm. I just don't know if he's going to get like, – he, he should get the job, but the last few games, there's Dribble Cabrera's been getting the, the uh, starts at third base. I just don't know. I mean, we've seen him – show he he's hit literally like 280 and 300 plus in the minors and then he comes up and just lays an egg but the guy has power the guy has a decent what looks like a decent hit tool and i don't and i just don't understand if he's like i think he'll put it together i just don't know understand why he hasn't yet but then again he's also young and hasn't really had a lot of uh opportunity and he's another mm-hmm. guy in spring again he's showing that he's kind of like he's had 21 play appearances and he's batting 214 with no counting stats. Yeah. Like, small sample size, but that's not going to win you the job out of spring, Kiboom. Right, right, yeah. I mean, they're giving him the opportunity. I mean, it's still early. We'll see if he can uh, turn things around. But I have him at 26. You know, he's got the pre- the pedigree, the upside. Obviously, it's a, it's a good uh, – it's a decent lineup. So, let's see. I have uh, – between them, I, I have – let's see. Swanson at 24, who I really like, um, was having a really good season before he he hurt his heel. Uh, didn't help, didn't hit a single home run after that. But I mean, se- I think he went what 17 and 10 up right. till that point. Yeah. So I mean, like I, I'd rather have Swanson. I have um, let's see, Kingery, Kingery at 23. I like uh, Kingery especially with the possibility of him playing second base, which I believe was is actually his natural position. So if he gets second base, he's already got third in, in outfield. So if he gets second base, I mean that's that just adds a, you know, that middle infield spot that that he could play in. So he could play everywhere, you know. So I do like that. We'll see if the whole vision thing, um, you know, getting the contacts. We'll see. 
he's still young too. Um, but yeah, I, I like Kingery and, and Swanson. I'd rather have those guys. Uh, Segura, we'll see if he could bounce back. Any other names uh, in this range that you like? Not the, uh, again. This this actually turns into one like the, one big grouping at the end. I was initially big on Horner, but that was with the thought of him possibly getting a job. I don't think he's gonna get the job coming out of spring, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I've, come, I've come around a lot on on Nick Nick Ahmed just for simple fact of how deep how like in deeper leagues this is that this is a deep league play, but in deeper leagues you're getting a guy who's gonna should play consistently at least to start the year. And he's hitting the back end of the lineup, but he showed a little something, you know, a little power speed combo last year. And I think he's just somebody to target late. But one guy I'm really starting to come come around on is Willie Adamez. And it's not – and, again, this is deeper leagues as well. And it's not because of the skill set. Like, obviously, I think – I mean, I think he can still – I think he can get you like 20-something or 20 or so home runs with a decent batting average, which is solid, especially when you're getting them. But what – He's like one of two players safe in that Rays lineup. He's one. He's like one of two guys that will play almost every day, and he and he's shown he can handle the playing time. There's, a, I think, there's like, like I said, there's like a two fifty, two sixty batting average, probably. I don't know, give or take somewhere around there, with a, with a, like a twenty to twenty five home run potential, and you can get him as late as you're getting him. That's that's a great value for your deep leagues. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I like uh, Willie Adamas. Uh, you kind of forget about him. He he did have, you know, good uh, prospect pedigree when he came up. He's another guy who's kind of been making some improvements since then. Uh, he's improved his contact rate, uh, you know, over over 2018 from 2019. His, his contact rate improved. Swinging strike rate went down a little bit. So, uh, yeah, he's someone that I'm excited about to, to see, you know, uh, how he progresses this season. But like you said, he's one of those few bats that are probably solidified in that lineup yeah like i said he hit 254 last year he's hit 250 in minors but he usually hovers around 270 280 so we'll see how much like, we'll see if he has like, can improve upon you know that batting average a bit but we'll see he's also you know last two years striking out he struck out a little less last year as well but i'm just looking at him and there is like you know chip in speed as well again only 24 years old people people almost forget that so I don't know. He's he's kind of grown on me because the thing is, is when you don't play in you play in a lot of leagues, right? Or I do. We all do. Yeah. You tend to look at most players, but some players almost fall into the meh. I'll take them if I have to type of category, and then you eventually you're like, you know what? Let me actually look at them, and you realize, wow, there's something here to be had. Like Brian Anderson, I talked about in the last podcast or a couple podcasts. I don't know. I talked about him. No, I wrote about him. That's what I did. I wrote about him recently. He's a guy that was just like, you know, same thing. It's like, oh, I know who he is. It's 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 freaking Brian Anderson. Yeah. And I looked at him and I was like, wow, there's a lot here. Like, so yeah, we took care of that. But I don't know, man. It's uh it's very interesting. Is there any other names on this list you would like to close out the night on? Uh, I think we pretty much covered um Who's everything. Your deepest, here? deepest league, like some guy you would just take a flyer on in the deepest of leagues. Somebody beyond uh, the top 30. Someone outside your top 30 at second base. Or shortstop, sorry. Outside the top 30. See, I was going to say my guy at 30 is uh, Luis Urias. Um, He's coming back with from the, from the was it the hand or the wrist? Yeah, yeah. He broke his hammock bone in the Mexican yeah, League. A guy I've kind of been monitoring is uh, uh, J.P. Crawford. He's been batting second a lot, actually. But lately, he's been back 
back into the bottom half where he belongs probably because there's not a lot. Like, he's always been a glove first, defense first prospect. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. Other than that, I've, I've been I've had this weird like idea of Nicky Lopez being a thing this year. He gained apparently like 15 pounds of muscle. I just want to see. I haven't really looked. Let's look his stats up. I want to see how it translates as far as power goes, or if it translates at all. Because people can gain all all the muscle, all this body mass they want, if they don't actually make tangible change to like their approach. Then there's you know tangible. It's tangible change or bust, man. You're not gonna. He's hitting 200 this spring. Yeah, like I'm not really shouldn't be that excited. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Not, not that I'm excited. He's just a deep league guy. I'm willing to take a very, very, very late round uh, flyer on. But you know who I should probably take over him is like a Brandon Crawford who's just always under underappreciated, and he's actually a guy who's been leading off a lot in spring training. So. Yeah, I think I just um. I don't know Crawford. I mean, he's pretty streaky. He he gets on his his little hot streaks. Yeah. But I think they're going to give him quite a bit of rest this season. Actually, I think you'll probably see like uh, Mauricio Dubon spell him at shortstop quite a bit. Uh, I just I just realized that like why I had been looking at Crawford because I heard the same thing about Crawford that what you had mentioned about Nicky Lopez was he had been putting on trying to put on some weight this season. So um, we'll see. I mean, he doesn't strike. He has you know decent play discipline. Um, JP Crawford here. I'm talking about. 21% strikeout rate, 10% walk rate. So it's not bad. And if he's batting second, um, yeah, I mean, this is like deep, deep leagues. Uh, I mean, I'm not even – it has to be like the deepest of leagues to, to, to really consider him. But it was just something that, that I saw that I thought was maybe a little interesting. All right, so we really did talk all things shortstops tonight. We actually did more than I anticipated, so that's awesome. Talked over tw- – we, talk, we, spoke, we spoke on over 20 names at this position. And the crazy part is, is you have to go that deep for you to get to guys that no one's really drafting. It's nuts. So with that said, guys, please continue to – we appreciate all the support you're giving us. But Base Loaded Network is continuing to grow. Base Loaded Podcast, you can find us on all major platforms. You can find us, obviously, on the website. We're supported by Rotoballer as well. Um, but, yeah, you can find it all on Twitter at Bases Loaded FBN. That is FBN as in Fantasy Baseball Network. You can find myself on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. George is at Roto underscore Nino. We just really can't stress it enough. It's been crazy week or so getting started. A lot more to come. Stay tuned. Stick with us. And we will try our best to help you win your fantasy leagues. Because if not, then what are we doing here? Um, with that said, though, again, guys, just appreciate you listening. And we'll talk to you soon.